0: Matthew chapter 11. Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30. The Bible says, this is Yeshua the Messiah speaking. He says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. All of you, take up my yoke and learn from me, because I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, And my burden is light. May Yahweh bless His word to our hearts today. Last week a brother in the Messiah shared with me how that he had read in the Bible, in the Gospel of Matthew, about Yeshua being a compassionate man. Our Messiah would see people who hurt. He would see people who were sick, diseased unto death, and He would have compassion upon them. He would feel for them, genuinely. And as this brother was sharing with me, the wheels in my brain began to spin. I can't hardly listen to anything without thinking of, well, maybe I could teach something in church about that, It's just how my brain operates. And I thought about this text of Scripture that I saw some new light, not new revelation to the Bible or new revelation of Yahweh, but new light to me and my understanding about what this verse means. I saw it last year. And it's about how that our Messiah was a gentle man. He was a gentle man. Men sometimes take gentleness as not being masculine. We like to think that the male gender is entitled to be stern or firm without any soft feelings. And yes, there is a time to be firm. Yeshua got pretty firm when he made a whip of cords and drove out the money changers in the temple turning over their tables and pouring out all of their money because they were turning his father's house into a den of thieves or a den of robbers, a den of iniquity and making a profit off of selling sacrificial animals to the people. John chapter 2 talks about that. Yeshua got firm and that's because to everything there is a season. Right? Ecclesiastes 3. But while Yeshua was hard on the unrepentant, he was easy and gentle on the repentant. And there were times that he was even easy to appoint on the unrepentant because he desired for them to turn from their evil ways. Yeshua was indeed a gentle and a humble man. He didn't go looking for a fight. He didn't walk around with a chip on his shoulder. He sought to help people, be kind to people, and to lighten people's loads. We all carry around loads with us, amen? It's just life. We all have baggage. There are things that happen to us or things that we go through that make us weary. The load that we are carrying feels almost unbearable. Anybody ever feel that way? Am I the only one? I think we all have times when we feel like that. You will never lighten somebody's load by always being critical towards them. You will never make a weary man or woman feel strength if you are always reproving them. Reproof is a good thing. It's a biblical thing. Read the book of Proverbs. But it cannot be constant else it has the opposite effect. You will make a person feel more weary if you are always harping on what they need to be doing or always pointing out their mistakes. However, if you are gentle and humble in heart, if you are a trusted friend to somebody and an encouragement to someone, when it comes time for reproof, they will listen to you. Because of all the times that you've been gentle and humble and an encouragement. They will hear what you have to say, not just with their ears, but with their heart. I believe this was the practice of our Messiah. Look at Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30 again, where we opened up. And notice something that we read. I'll emphasize a point that often gets missed. Let's read it again. He says, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. All of you take up my yoke and learn from me because I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for yourselves. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Notice that part, learn from me. We've all heard this verse, if you grew up in church to any extent and you've heard this verse be preached, we've all heard this verse as a forgiveness of sins text. The weight of our sin is too much to bear, so come to Christ and He'll take the weight off of you. That's how we generally read this or hear this verse preached. And it is true that the Messiah does carry the weight of our sin. That's true. That's a biblical teaching. I talked about that last week in Galatians 3.13, how He became a curse for us. But that's not what Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30 is about. It's not a forgiveness of sins passage. Yeshua is rather speaking of his teaching method. Take up my yoke. That was a common way for a rabbi of that time to speak. The word rabbi means teacher or instructor. Okay? It was a very common way for a rabbi to speak. When a disciple or a student... Disciple, by the way, means student or pupil under a teacher. When a disciple would submit himself to a rabbi in first century Israel, it was said that he yoked himself or yoked his neck to the neck of that rabbi. He was attached to his teacher. Whatever the rabbi taught, the disciple or the student learned. Where the rabbi traveled, the disciple went. The disciple was learning to be like his teacher. And in that day, disciple didn't mean what we think it means today, that we're disciples of Christ. No, a disciple of Christ meant a personal student of Christ that left everything and went and followed their teacher. And Yeshua said, if you want to follow me, get ready because foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the Son of Man doesn't even have a place to lay his head. It's not going to be all peaches and cream with me, and they, they're going to hate me. And if they hated me, they're going to hate you. So get ready. But there were still some who followed him as his personal disciples. They yoked their neck to Rabbi Yeshua. Yeshua says, take up my yoke and learn from me. Do you see that? He's speaking of the way that he teaches. It's not a forgiveness of sins passage. He's speaking of the way or the manner in which he teaches Learn from me, he says, for I'm gentle and I'm humble in heart. This is what he's telling them. I'm not here to beat you up. I'm not here to reprove you to a pulp. I'm not going to be all about judgment and no mercy. I'm not going to shout at you or spit in your face when you mess something up. I'm a gentle teacher. I'm humble in heart. And if you're weary and you're burdened by the teachings of others, come and listen to me. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's what Yeshua is saying in that verse. And many people were weary from being taught by the scribes and the Pharisees of the first century. In Matthew 23, 3-4, through four, Yeshua says this. Listen carefully. He says that the scribes and the Pharisees sit in the chair of Moses. Therefore, do whatever they tell you and observe it. There was actually a chair in the first century synagogues, and it was called the seat of Moses. It was taken from Exodus chapter 18, where Moses would sit and listen to the people when they would come to him with disputes and problems and things that made them weary. And so this chair of Moses existed in the synagogue, and when a scribe or a Pharisee would sit in the seat of Moses, they would read the instructions and the teachings from the law of Yahweh. And so Yeshua says, everything that the scribes and Pharisees tell you when they're sitting in the chair and reading the law, you do it. But he says, but don't do what they do because they don't practice what they teach. They're pretenders. They're play actors. And then he says, they tie up heavy loads that are hard to carry and they put them on people's shoulders, but they themselves aren't willing to lift a finger to move them. Matthew 23, 3-4. So Yeshua here is speaking of the manner in which the scribes and the Pharisees teach. And I don't think he's talking about their traditions right here. We know that they had many meticulous traditions that they added on top of the law called the traditions of the elders, but I don't think that's what he's talking about here. The heavy loads that they're putting on other people's shoulders, they're not even willing to lift a finger to move them. That doesn't describe their traditions. They were meticulous in their traditions. They lifted many fingers to move their traditions. This has to be the law of Yahweh. They would tell them this, do this, but then they would go home and not do it themselves. No mercy, all judgment. The Pharisees used the law like a hammer to nail down everybody. They had no compassion. They were certainly not humble. Read the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector in Luke 18 and how the Pharisee prayed thus to himself, O Elohim, I sure am thankful I'm not like this guy that's standing beside me. No mercy, no penitence, no repentance, no sorrow, no, no compassion. All judgment. Yeshua goes on to say in Matthew 23 that all their works they do to be seen by men. They make long tassels so that everybody can see them. They make their phylacteries real large so that everybody can see them. They march around in their long robes in first century Jerusalem. and They want everybody to say, wow, there goes a holy man. Now, it's okay to do works, and men see those works. But if you're doing them to be seen by men, those works are not righteous. That's right. We're supposed to do our works to glorify the Father in heaven and to point people to Yahweh, right? The Pharisees, for the majority, not all of them, but for the majority, they did their works to be seen by men. I believe that Yeshua in Matthew 11, in the text we open with, is saying this. If you're weary and burdened by the teachers that you've been learning from, then come and listen to me. I'll be gentle with you. Take up my yoke. You need to learn, yes. But I won't beat you up. My burden is light. I believe that's what our Messiah is saying. Come unto me, all you who are weary and burdened from the Pharisees and the scribes' methods of teaching listen to me, learn from me, I'm gentle. One way that we can be like Yeshua is to be gentle and humble in heart when we are teaching or discussing with others. If we constantly hammer people, we are teaching like the Pharisees. If we're always laying burdens on people's shoulders, things for them to do, but then we go home and we don't practice what we told them, we're being a Pharisee. But if we're patient and kind and gentle in dealing with people, then we're being like our Messiah. All those things are parts of the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Paul says there's no law against any of those things. Those are the fruit of the Spirit. And they'll be active in your life if you have the Spirit living inside of you. Notice they're not the fruit of Josiah or the fruit of Elijah or the fruit of Matthew. They're the fruit of the Spirit. And if the Spirit lives within you, you'll produce gentleness and kindness, self-control, love, patience, joy. Study those. Ask Yahweh to help you with those things. Look at Deuteronomy 32. I'm going to turn to Deuteronomy 32, verses 1 through 2. Deuteronomy 32, verses 1 through 2, is how our teaching method or our dealing with people method should look. I'll let you get there in a second. Deuteronomy chapter 32, verses 1 through 2, this is the beginning of the Song of Moses. A song we should all know, by the way. I'm talking to me, too. I don't know it. Deuteronomy 32, 1 through 2, it says, Pay attention, heavens, and I will speak. Listen, earth, to the words of my mouth. Let my teaching fall like rain and my words settle like dew, like gentle rain on new grass and showers on tender plants. See, our teaching should fall down upon people like gentle rain. Not like a hailstorm with thunder and lightning. A hailstorm destroys. And teaching people by burdening them and weighing them down and reproving them constantly, it has the opposite effect. It destroys. It doesn't heal. Some people I've tried to share this with over the years have said this, but they've got to hear it, Brother Matthew. They've got to see it, Brother Matthew. Listen. There are things that people need to understand. But I promise you that hammering them like a Pharisee and a hailstorm will have the opposite effect. It will not have the effect that you hopefully are desiring. Hopefully when we talk to people we have a genuine desire for them to see the truth. Hopefully we're just not talking to them to win an argument. Because if we are, we're not in the right spirit to start with. Right? Amen? So you will not have the genuine desire effect of reaching into their heart by coming down on them like a hailstorm. You should come down on them like gentle rain, like showers on tender plants. If you genuinely want people to listen to sound advice or take heed to the truth that you may be saying from Yahweh's Word, start caring for them first. Try having compassion on them. Weep with them that weep. Change a flat tower for them. Pay for their coffee. Give them a hug. Sit beside them and just listen to the struggles that they go through in life. This was the methods of our Messiah. You may say, Brother Matthew, he didn't pay for anybody's coffee. That's true. But he did have compassion on a hungry multitude of people in Matthew 15. The Bible says that he saw that they were hungry and he had compassion on them and he gave them food to eat from some fishes and loaves. When people know how much you care, they care how much you know. That's not just a cliche. It's the truth. Let your teaching fall like rain upon the tender plant. Let what you say be like the morning dew that settles upon the grass. And I promise you, you'll find that you get great, great effects from that. I've experienced it over the years. In Isaiah 42, I won't turn to this one, but listen. In Isaiah 42, there's a messianic prophecy that's quoted in the New Testament by the New Testament authors as pertaining to Yeshua of Nazareth. And it's a long prophecy, but there's one sentence in there that pertains to my sermon. And in Isaiah 42, verse 3, it speaks of this servant of Yahweh, and it says, He will not break a bruised reed, and He will not put out a smoldering wick. Now, A bruised reed does not refer to a completely destroyed piece of grass or greenery, but one that has been damaged. A reed that's been bruised, a piece of grass or a piece of greenery, a plant that is damaged. Same for the smoldering wick. The flame is not gone, but it's dim. It's almost gone. We all hurt because of things that happen in life. We get battle scars because real life is a battle. No one lives in a perfect bubble. And if you live long enough, you're going to have things hit you hard. I'm only almost 37 years old, and in my 37 short years, I've already seen plenty of things that hurt people and hurt me. And you just have to roll with it. You have to just live, even though it hurts. We mourn, we weep, we fall, we hurt, but we get back up and we wipe the dirt off of our jeans. And what helps is when someone is gentle with us and someone has compassion upon us and someone tries genuinely to understand what we're going through in our situation. See, Yeshua didn't break bruised reeds. When he saw somebody torn apart by something that happened in life, he didn't sit there and mock them. He didn't throw condemnation balls toward them. He did what he could do to help them in their distress. He did not snuff out a dim flame or a smoldering wick. When someone came to him almost gone, on their last breath, on their last leg, he didn't push them over and say, Ah, shouldn't have got that way to start with. He welcomed them with open arms. He's like that father in the parable in Luke 15 that when the son finally comes back, the father sees him far off and he starts running out to his son. My son which was dead is now found and he is alive. <laughs> That's how our Messiah is. He fanned the flame so it would grow to where it needed to be. Isaiah 61 verse 1 says that he was sent. One of the reasons he was sent was to heal the brokenhearted. Yes. Anybody ever felt like you got a broken heart? our Messiah was sent to heal the brokenhearted. When you meet a person that's just lost a loved one, give them a hug. When you meet someone whose spouse left them, cry with them. When you meet someone whose house burned down, give them some material goods. And when you talk to someone that has committed a sin and comes to you in sorrow and repentance over that sin and looks for help Share the gospel of grace with them because I promise you that in doing these things you will cause them to listen spiritually but if you knock people over the head with what you think they need to hear you will break a bruised reed and you will snuff out a smoldering wick. One more verse to close. I want to turn to this one in Second Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. Verses 24 through 26. 2 Timothy 2, 24 through 26. Let me get one more drink of water. Talking about being gentle like Yeshua was. (coughs) Dealing with people. Instructing people like he did. 2 Timothy 2, 24 through 26 shows that we are indeed to handle people in this way. Look at it. Verse... uh, Twenty-four. It says, the Lord's slave or servant must not quarrel, but must be gentle to everyone, able to teach, and patient. Instructing his opponents with gentleness, perhaps the Almighty will grant them repentance to know the truth. Then they may come to their senses and escape the devil's trap, having been captured by him to do his will. Um, The New Living Translation says here, in part, a servant of the Lord must be patient with difficult people. I didn't get any amens. I, I got some grunts and groans, didn't I? We might say, well, if Yahweh wants to save them, they'll be saved anyhow. That's like the man that I shared predestination with. He said, well, if I'm predestinated, Yahweh will save me. I don't need to do anything. It's not the attitude for us to have. That's not what the scriptures teach us to do nor how to act. The attitude that the Apostle Paul instructs us to have is to be patient, not to quarrel, and to instruct everyone in gentleness because perhaps Yahweh might grant them repentance. We are to work. This this teaches what's known as synergy. It's two forces working together. This passage teaches us that we are to work in tandem with Yahweh. Not to say, well, they'll repent if Yahweh wants them to repent. No. He says, be gentle and patient with them. Instruct them in gentleness. Teach them ably. Because perhaps Yahweh might save that person that you think is too far gone. And that's trapped by the devil's schemes. He could. I don't know if Yahweh will save that person. Listen, 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 listen. We've been talking a lot about the Apostle Paul in my sermons and Brother TJ's sermons. Paul was a murderer. He wasn't looking for the Messiah. He was knocked down on the road to Damascus and his plans were immediately changed. He was not searching to be saved from his sins by the man from Nazareth. But he was saved. Perhaps Yahweh will grant them repentance. Yahweh is the one granting repentance to a person but he uses us as his vessels to share and to teach. And we need to be vessels willing to do things his way not our way. His way as shown in the person of Yeshua is gentleness and humility. Taking care not to break a person's spirit but instead to make sure that they feel loved, cared for, and welcome. It is fine to teach doctrine. Perfectly fine. It is commanded to teach truth. Perfectly fine. But it is also commanded here, excuse me, That we do so in gentleness. And there have been times when I failed in this, even as I preach sermons. There's been times I've gotten home and I told my wife, I said, Man, I think I was too hard. I think I had too much of that Pentecostal upbringing come out in me in that sermon. Sometimes I get a little fiery. Sometimes I get excited. I promise you, it's not because I hate anybody. I promise you, it's because I love everybody. I want to see souls saved from their sins. I don't want to see anybody in here not make it to the kingdom of heaven. I, I I mean, I love everybody. But that doesn't excuse me when I get out of line from Yahweh's method of gentleness. And So I ask you to forgive me. And you better forgive me if you want to be forgiven, right? <laughs> but no, I'm i 'm being serious, I, I think we've all failed in this before. I know that I have, so let's all try to do better, let's try to be different, and let's be like the Messiah. You know you know that you're practicing humility. I'll close with this. you know that you're practicing gentleness and humility when something goes directly against your pride and you just let it do it, and it hurts. You're not practicing any humility if nothing ever hurts. If something grates against you and it hurts, that's when you know, hey, it's time for me to practice what I've been preaching. Be a humble person. Let's pray. Yahweh, we need your help. We can't do this alone. We need you to guard our tongues for us. We need you to put patience into our hearts. Help us to be gentle with everyone. As Paul instructs us. Make us a peaceful people. At all possible let us follow peace with all people. And holiness which without no man shall see the Lord. Help us to humble ourselves in your sight. Help us to love our neighbors. Help us to love our enemies. Help us to do good to those who despitefully use us. Pray for those who persecute us. And conform us to the image of your dear son. I love you, Yahweh. I'm thankful for your activity in my life. Bring us back here tomorrow for our new moon service. Do this all over again. Rehearse these holy days for you. Bless Brother T.J. as he brings the word tomorrow. We pray all these things to you, Holy Father, through your Son. Amen.